2: Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the
0: helpful hardware, folks.
2: geico presents sharing versus oversharing way early this morning brad higdon shared a major spoiler alert from everyone's favorite hit show sad emojis to express his feelings about the plot twist and a playlist he made to drown out his sorrows dude oversharing alert brad geico has something worth sharing with those who haven't befriended you like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance at geico.com so stop moping about the post-apocalyptic world and start saving in the real world geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance
1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Friday, November 6th. Uh, week 9 in the NFL is approaching. Nick Whalen here with Mario Puig. We're kind of mixing up the, the podcast hosting schedule this week. Uh, the regular host, Derek Van Riper, he's in Arizona doing baseball things.
2: Yeah, he's scouting uh, the youngsters or whatever with Clay and James, so uh, we're, we're short on talent this week.
1: James sent me a photo last night around like 1 a.m. Of, of them drinking hams or at a bar at least that was openly serving hams with multiple ham signs around so i was very glad to see that that's made its way to arizona
2: yeah i don't uh i don't drink too much of that myself but it's uh, i mean it's in my right price range Shocking. i guess
1: yeah i yeah. yeah i actually passed up hams i was at at the local uh liquor store last night and they even had a sale on hams and i and i i don't What's, know how I did, what, what is I wrong
2: thinking. with you you didn't get it i didn't get it dude that's like are you sure they weren't giving it away
1: well, it was close. See, last time I went to this liquor store, they didn't have hams, or they had it, but it wasn't like on display. And I thought I would make, you know, a funny joke. And I went up, you know, to the cashier lady. I was like, "Hey, can you can you show me to like the vault where you keep your your hams or anything, or is there like a secret door I need to go through?" And she just looked at me and was like, "We don't have hams. This is in 1989." Like, well, whoa, then I won't uh,
2: then I won't give you my money. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, like, ref- well, I'm protesting I'm have to this find liquor store. That
1: has hams. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like as far as I have. Shield for hams more than any other brand i think possibly ever and as far as cheap beers go it's up there
2: yeah i mean i uh, have no taste in anything in particular so like as long as it's not mountain creek or it's you know it's it's like colt 45 mixed with a little water what is mountain
1: creek is that like a not it, Mountain Dew I don't movie. know it
2: tastes like mud water <laughs> mixed with like a bad wine I think a red kind but I also don't know anything oh, about wine terrible. so yeah
1: yeah I'm not really big into the wine game either but we're going to talk about uh basically well you know this isn't the DFS podcast but it is Friday and we'll probably start talking about DFS lineups taking a look at the values that we would see on DraftKings at each position before we do that six week nine buys to keep in mind Arizona Baltimore Detroit Houston Kansas City and Seattle all out of action. So, you know, obviously if you're in season-long leagues, make sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, and also a reminder that the podcasts in all of our RotoWire podcasts are available on iTunes. They're also available on Stitcher. And they're also available on the RotoWire website. So if you just go to rotowire.com podcast, you can listen, uh, you can stream, you can download directly from there. All right, so let's get into the DraftKings values. We'll start with the quarterback position. Mario, Tom Brady, by far the highest priced QB this week. He's at 8500 Aaron Rodgers, second at 7400 So obviously an $1,100 difference there. Uh, are you looking to pay up for a quarterback this week, or is there anyone maybe lower on the list that, that you think is a great value?
2: Well, I probably won't pay up for Tom Brady at 8500 but looking at his numbers this year, it's kind of hard to tell anyone that they shouldn't pick him uh 33 points last week 32 the week before that closer to 33 than 32 actually so basically two straight weeks of 33 points he's at home where he's just invincible and he's been invincible on the road this year too not that it really matters that much but uh still probably won't go for that because i do like i mean what are the odds of aaron Rodgers having two bad games in a row like it just it it can't really happen and it won't so even though it's on the road against carolina i think i think rogers gets going pretty well um with that said it's more in my nature to kind of target those middle range guys that I think can outperform their price tag. And for instance, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is at home against Oakland 6,600 definitely seems like a first game back, uh, kind of rusty, you know, 11 point effort against Cincinnati last week that probably dragged down his salary a bit. He was in the the mid seven thousands, I believe before that, uh, before he got hurt. That is like 7,300 as of week one anyway. So yeah, 6,600 against, against Oakland, that seems like something I'd like to build around, especially with uh, the tandem of Antonio Brown still down at eighty-one hundred, which is a little bit below uh, his general Ben Roethlisberger uh, salaries. So I'm probably going to build around Roethlisberger pretty well this week. But otherwise, I mean, we got Matt Ryan going against the San Francisco defense that can't defend the pass. Uh, do you, what do you think about Drew Brees against the Titans? I'm not inclined to buy into last week's ten touchdown or whatever <laughs> game that he had uh just just seems so fluky and i don't it think does. they have the personnel to keep it going and i'm not convinced that he's really that good anymore but right I mean,
1: it, that was so 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 fluky I, I don't know what his ownership rate was in week eight but i can't imagine it was very high i mean he was even on a lot of, if you're in a you know a 10 or 12 team uh season long league he might have not even been starting in that Oof. but you look at his touchdowns you know by week one one two two one one seven uh, i think there's a pretty clear outlier there so i mean yeah it's the first six games right Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's back. Um So, yeah, I mean, I don't like this Tennessee defense by any means. You know, obviously they're going through a coaching change, so uh – some, some tumultuousness there I guess but at the same time I think what's what's the upside for Breeze you know I mean three touchdown I mean he's clearly not going to go for seven again
2: I definitely would not chase the points with him I that might be short-sightedness on my part because I, I would have scoffed and ridiculed anyone who told me before that game last week that he would throw more than three like I, I really would have made fun of them a lot and uh, so I'm, I'm obviously not qualified to have an opinion on this but I won't pick him That's sad. Um, yeah and I mean Philip Rivers is 6900 still which against the Bears at home, I mean, that's that's a great matchup. Even without Keenan Allen, I'm not worried about that because the Bears don't have the defensive personnel to stop anyone in particular. And that offense, as long as they can't run the ball at all, which it seems like it'll be the case all year, um, you can expect Rivers to to keep that, you know, torrid passing yardage pace.
1: Right. What about Tyrod Taylor? He's a guy that's going to be back now. Uh, They come out of that bye week after losing to the Jags in London two weeks ago not a guy that's been throwing for a lot of yards when he's in the lineup does have 3 games of over 200 yards but you look his last game that he was in the lineup that was against Tennessee just 109 yards passing did have 76 yards rushing and a touchdown so there's a little bit of upside there on the ground you know if you're going to go really cheap at the QB position is he a guy that you're going to consider
2: 5300 is really cheap so it's especially when you factor in his ability to run the ball uh it, it's hard to see how that isn't a good value i guess the question is whether he can give you the ceiling you want um but yeah it, it, when he's putting like 40 yards on the ground a game that that's kind of like a nice handicap uh to, to account for whatever you know turnovers he might have and then it's like he, he did well against miami earlier this year i'm pretty sure uh let's yeah so at miami he had 277 yards three touchdowns passing so i guess there's reason to believe he can hold his own as a passer in this one too but uh yeah hopefully he gets loose for some rushing production um i'm probably i'm probably gonna not go with someone like him though outside of gpps i think uh for cash game purposes i'm gonna stick with roethlisberger rivers for the most part but yeah uh gpp tournament setting it's 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 really hard to discourage anyone from considering taylor when his price is that low
1: Right, yeah, exactly. When you look at the other options in that range, I think he probably has the highest upside. Any quick thoughts on, on Marcus Mariota going up against what's a pretty bad New Orleans secondary?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that, but I, I, I'm a believer in Mariota's talent. I I think Hunt is such a bad coach that him getting fired in the middle of the week or whatever isn't going to affect anything, uh, at least not in any negative sense. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of scared of a rookie quarterback, uh, you know, it's, so, it, is this this is his first game back from the injury? And his last game, he he had two. So he had three interceptions to one touchdown before he had the injury there, and also has been losing fumbles this year. Right. I'm probably going to stay away from him, but again, GPP setting, he still hasn't gotten loose as a runner yet, which has to happen eventually because he's fast and he can run the ball. He's been he's been really disciplined as a passer. um But yeah, if he can get going as a runner, it's like I. I guess I would prefer him over Tyrod, actually, just because I feel like the defense, the like the the defense he's going against is more favorable. Um, playing in the dome, maybe he'll even have a little bit more burst there. But uh, yeah, generally, I, f- I feel like guys like Roethlisberger and Rivers have enough upside where it's it's uh, worth paying like a thousand more for the higher floor they offer. And I I just think the risk of a Mariota or a a Tyrod owing team outpacing you at that position is just pretty low. All
1: right, let's move now. To the running back position, Devontae Freeman. I believe this is the first week that he tops the the salary rankings. He's at eight thousand. Le'Veon Bell directly behind him at seventy eight hundred. Obviously, not a guy that you're going to want to use this week or the rest of the season. Um, I guess he's another injury we can touch on. What was the official ruling on him? Was it a? It wasn't an ACL, right? It was an
2: MCL, but yeah, definitely season-ending, all the same. Which uh, obviously makes d'angelo williams pretty intriguing this week he's he's not super cheap at 5500 but the way that offense uses uh, it channels so much usage through the running back position um i mean williams had 41 carries in the two weeks that Lavion bell was suspended to start the year so you know he's going to get work and the odds of an oakland defense completely shutting him down don't seem that great but uh that 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 game has has some pretty interesting shootout potential in general. I actually meant to mention uh Derek Carr has been pretty awesome this year outside of like a game where he got hurt in a game against uh the Broncos who made, you know, Aaron Rodgers look like a chump last week. So I think Derek Carr at 5,500 is someone that that I meant to to point out, and I would definitely take him over Tyrod and Mariota. But yeah, that game, I mean, the Pittsburgh secondary isn't that strong personnel-wise. They can shut down the run pretty well, but it's easy for me to imagine that game uh, being a good amount of points for a bunch of people, 5,500 for Williams included in that list. Um, I'm wondering, with Todd Gurley up to $6,900, is it finally time to... uh, consider a fade there like he was so ludicrously underpriced the cu- the last couple weeks uh, 6300 last week after 5000 the week prior he's now up to 6900 on the road against minnesota team that i think can play pretty good defense um they haven't been super consistent this year but uh yeah I'd, i'm almost wondering if i'd rather pay the extra 400 for peterson um but yeah it's uh it's not an automatic pick for Gurley this week like I- it was the last two
1: right and like you said his salary is now up to 6900 is the reason that you might want to fade him just because the ownership is going to be so high
2: well i I think it'll be lower than the last two weeks just because of the salary jump it's more a question of like now that he's pushing seven thousand, he's not just a clear salary tier below all those other guys who he was still obviously better than um where he's at 6900 he's fourth most expensive on the slate third most when you remove bell obviously um that's probably where he should be like he should be in the top five one way or another uh but yeah now it's like do you want to you know going to Gurley is a matter of paying up because you can drop to uh you know you can drop to 5700 for a doug martin going against a giants defense that uh hasn't done so well lately after giving up you know 12 touchdowns to the saints last week uh you got d'angelo at 5500 so I'm more inclined to go to that middle range and, again, try to find someone that I think can outpace their price there. Um, But, yeah, I'm not sure Gurley has, uh, you know, the matchup that I like for that kind of price when there's alternatives like the other two guys I mentioned. Yeah,
1: looking up and down the running back salaries this week – Mark Ingram up at 6,500, that seems a little bit high to me. DeMarco Murray, 6,400, kind of in that mid-range. What about Eddie Lacy at 6,100, a guy whose stock has really plummeted since the start of the season?
2: Yeah, I guess it makes sense to get some GPP exposure to him, but I, I don't have the guts. I just, I, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him or Starks, and uh, I mean, it's got to be the Aaron Rodgers show anyway. He's He's got to score like five touchdowns to make up for uh the lost pace against the broncos from last week so i'm not expecting the, the packers to do much running in general um but yeah i in that range it's a lot of just mostly unattractive options for me i guess I, I like ingram a little bit just because being at home and being a decent favorite you have to i guess like his chances of having the game flow in his favor where you know new orleans won't be pressured to play catch up or um you know they'll they'll hopefully get some short fields from from a shaky tennessee offense but, uh, yeah, it, again, I'm kind of going to that uh, 5,500 D'Angelo Williams, uh, 5,700 Doug Martin. Then it's like we also we got, we got Lamar Miller back, $5,000. I know it's not the greatest matchup against Buffalo, but they seemed pretty committed to him before the bye. Uh, he had 113 yards, 175, and then even then that New England train wreck, he caught five passes, ran for a touchdown to somehow pad his stats a little bit. Um but yeah, otherwise, I mean, I guess the the big uh discussion at running back otherwise would be uh, regarding Jeremy Langford who's down at 4000 against the San Diego run defense which is the worst of all time. So, um yeah, 4000 for Jeremy Langford. That's that's probably the closest thing to the Todd Gurley like mass uh, you know, like 50% ownership type scenario at running back. It's probably him this week, not to say that he's nearly as talented as Gurley cuz he's not. But the the circumstances are very favorable, and you know the price four thousand. That that's definitely a building block kind of target. I think.
1: Are you worried at all about Kadeem Carey kind of encroaching on that, or is this going to be Jeremy Langford? You know, ninety ninety five percent of the carries.
2: I don't think Kadeem Carey is a good prospect at all. Like he's he's a small running back who's also very unathletic. Whereas Langford's kind of middling, but he he did have the fastest forty at the most recent combine. That was more because of a disappointing class of running backs of 442 is what he ran which is not normally enough to uh finish that high but he's totally adequate and the matchup is so good um i I just at that price 4,000 i don't think i need to to consider anybody you know over him in that range like it's just the opportunity the workload just just seemed to greatly you know exceed what the price implies all
1: right antonio andrews starting this week for tennessee um that backfield has obviously been a mess. I think they've lost what six or seven in a row now. Um I mean is Antonio Andrews worth a, worth a complete gamble, you know, down in the you know in the 3600 range? Yeah,
2: that, that is really cheap and I mean for a guy who had 16 carries a week ago, it's 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 hard to just like to 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 rule him out. It's but it's not in my nature to go after someone like that who even though he's getting more work, I still don't take it as a given that he'll get a similar workload week to week. And then that offense—it's just you, you don't really know what you're going to get. I, I would rather definitely pay up for Langford and probably even some of the other guys in the you know five thousand ish range. Like, I mean, we 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 think that the 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 Patriots are going to stomp Washington, so Legarrette Blount at four thousand eight hundred makes sense to me. Uh, the, the, they're going to have time to run out for sure. Uh, if Ronnie Hillman, let's see looks like he's limited this week don't know what to make of the cj anderson resurgence last week but uh hillman's price didn't actually change it's still 4600 uh for the third week in a row it looks like so i mean that that might be worth chasing a little bit because it looks like indianapolis is just a train wreck and that denver defense can probably smother them create some pretty short fields and some some red zone carries Um, otherwise I can't believe I forgot uh, this guy Uh, Darren McFadden I thought looked pretty good last couple of weeks Uh, he's
1: looked really good and he always really has when he's healthy
2: yeah he's he's fast right now which is I was totally caught off guard by that Um, yeah 64 yards against the Seahawks and he's catching passes he's got 17 catches in his last three games so DraftKings PPR scoring 4300 going against the Eagles. There's a chance that the Cowboys will have to go to a faster tempo than usual, um, especially if if the Eagles get a lead. That'll that'll be the case. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I like McFadden quite a bit. I guess I might. I guess I kind of see myself building around a chalky of a selection as it all is laying for D'Angelo Williams and Darren McFadden just because I I think all three guys are in line for good workloads and pretty favorable matchups where uh, and all three guys can catch the ball too which is which is pretty important on DraftKings.
1: All right let's move now to the receiver position looking at the top of the board Julio Jones kind of in a tier of his own up at 9,300 that's 500 more even than Odell Beckham who's coming off of a three touchdown game Julian Edelman Antonio Brown Des Bryant at seventy nine hundred. Do you think they're trying to maybe bait some people into using Bryant? I and mean, are you ready to to trust that foot?
2: That is tempting going against the Eagles. Uh, I don't think that I have enough faith in the Dallas quarterbacks though to buy into Dez at that price. It's kind of kind of like when Antonio Brown was his price was lowering with Roethlisberger out. It was like, yeah, that's a bargain. If Roethlisberger is playing, if Mike Vick's playing, it's actually not a bargain really. Uh, seventy nine hundred for Des when. I, I, I mean, Odell is not like an easy alternative to pay up for, but it's it's definitely like a step one. See if you can pay up for Odell at nine hundred more, and if if you can't, I'd probably I'd probably rather drop below to uh you know. Oh, sorry. I meant to Antonio Brown, eighty one hundred. I think is a player that I'm going to have in like the vast majority of my lineups. I feel like that price is a little low with with Roethlisberger back, and especially with Levy and Bell out. There's going to be a lot of usage. It's it's going to be the exact same circumstances, uh, aside from whatever Russ Roethlisberger might have with his knee. It'll be the exact same circumstances as the first two weeks when Bell was out and two games so the two games that uh brown played with bell out 31 fantasy points 39 and a half fantasy points against the patriots and 49ers so yeah antonio brown at 8100 is the way to go rather than does at 79 i think
1: I completely agree with that. I think you gotta look at the quarterbacks, you know, or the quarterback I should say that, that Des Bryan is dealing with and obviously that's going to mitigate his value quite a bit. A pair <clears throat> excuse me, a pair of Denver receivers priced very close to each other. Demarius Thomas is at seventy five hundred, Emmanuel Sanders at seventy three hundred. Is there either of these guys that really sticks out to you, one over the other?
2: No, I'd I'd rather I think there's some guys just below them salary wise who have similar um or better better shares on the target distribution in their offenses who have probably you know better circumstances overall just because i I still don't really trust peyton manning he did he had a better game against green bay than he had basically all year but uh yeah i'd I'd probably i I really like these two guys in a row mike evans and alshon jeffrey uh 6800 for mike evans going against the giants 6700 for jeffrey jeffrey's got a tougher matchup going against um the chargers but i i'm inclined to think that they're they're relatively decent passing rank is, is largely due to teams just running so effortlessly on them and either way he gets so many targets in that offense him and Cutler are working really well together Jeffrey's playing at a high level no one can cover him when the ball's up high um, I like him at 6700 um, but yeah I don't know what to make of Amari Cooper against Pittsburgh I guess if I believe in Derek Carr as much as I said I do then I have to like him at 6700 because he's he's been pretty reliably targeted in that offense um making a pretty strong impression as a rookie too um but yeah i I guess i guess the way that i'm looking at this slate uh definitely building with antonio brown and probably going after mike evans quite a bit do you have any thoughts on randall cobb against the panthers because i feel like if Rodgers is going to have a bounce back game then i have to like cobb quite a bit and 6800 is pretty decent price for aaron Rodgers' first target
1: Right, yeah. I was going to ask you pretty much that same question, just kind of talk about this game a little bit. Obviously, Rodgers isn't going to play like he did last week. I mean, the Green Bay offense, a historically bad performance going up against Denver, but Carolina's a pretty – you know a reasonable opponent as well obviously another undefeated team in back-to-back weeks the line for this game it's in carolina the line is green bay by two and a half Hmm. which i thought was odd
2: yeah that is odd i i think i agree with it though just because i i'm not i I don't understand how the panthers with basically the personnel that was the same as last year's could be you know this juggernaut all of a sudden i think it's more likely there's somewhere in, in in the the middle of those two extremes of you know last year like oh they suck and this year like oh they're the best like they're probably just like a nine and seven and ten and six type team like they've been for a long time basically um but yeah i i, I just don't know like i don't know how Devonte adams is going to fit into that offense now that he's back i don't know what to make of that stupid running game uh but i generally feel like the running game won't be there so maybe there's enough for it to go around between cobb and adams and jones but i don't know what josh norman's gonna do and i don't know what josh norman's effect is like if he were to shadow cobb uh, that that would obviously be a bit of a deterrent in selecting him, but uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'll say I'm more likely to go 6,800 for Cobb than I am uh, trying to catch a bargain at 5,600 with James Jones or uh, let's see Devontae's at ooh, Devontae's at 3,900. So cheap. That's that's definitely like a GPP consideration for sure because uh, yeah, I mean he was slotted to be that second receiver in that offense. 3,900 he's not going to see josh norman if 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 is going to get any attention from him so yeah I, i'm gonna have to get some gpp exposure to devonta adams but yeah otherwise i just don't, i don't think that the packers offense even knows itself uh enough to to kind of know how it wants to approach things specifically and i, I don't know how they how they're going to use those targets either
1: what about a pair of receivers for the Jaguars? Uh, two guys that I think have really overperformed expectations. Allen Robinson, he's at 6,400 this week. They play in New York against the Jets. Allen Hearns uh, down at 5,300. Both of these guys have played really, really well. Allen Robinson making more you know, more highlight type of plays, bigger yardage totals, whereas Hearns has a touchdown in five straight games. Is there really a rhyme or reason to how you would pick between these two guys?
2: I don't think I would go after them, and it, it feels it's it's hard to argue why I wouldn't when Derek Carr just ripped up that new uh, that that Jets pass defense. But Revis and Cromartie, that's that's kind of enough to deter me, especially How
1: pick sixes. What's the over under on pick sixes for um like Bortles this week?
2: Uh I'll I'll put it at a half. I don't know. I'm 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 not super uh, down on Bortles or anything like that. But I, I also don't know like what the effect of Calvin Pryor if he's still out at safety for the Jets. Um, but yeah, I, I love Alan Robinson as, as a prospect. I think he's like a, on an all pro trajectory pretty obviously. and Alan Hearns always is outperforming my expectations for him. So I, I'm, I have to be convinced he's he's definitely proven me wrong too many times for me to to commit to anything else um but yeah i'm just it's, i guess it's more in my nature to not pay 6400 for allen robinson against the jets and instead target someone like eric decker at 5300 in that game um he's going against jacksonville defense which i, I mean i feel like decker has almost shown that he's matchup proof at this point um he he's just he's got 5 touchdowns on 30 catches and he's got outside of week one when he caught two passes he's got at least four in every game since then uh, including an eight catch and he's got consecutive six catch games uh apparently not much of a ceiling there Uh, i don't think he has a 100 yard game this year and he doesn't have any multi-touchdown games but man five five touchdowns and and especially because he was playing a little gimpy for a while there uh but yeah him and then at 5500 martavis bryant i also probably would rather target just because uh, i feel like roethlisberger will be a lot more sharp this week and I, I, i can't imagine uh any way that gets expressed other than nice games for both antonio brown and martavis bryant
1: Right, and you know, obviously they won't have Le'Veon Bell, and we talked about D'Angelo Williams being more than formidable as a backup. I mean, you could do a lot worse to lose your starting running back and have him, but it's easy to forget how effective this Pittsburgh offense was through the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, when all those guys if Roethlisberger
2: players, yeah. in decent shape they're good for sure right. and uh Oakland's obviously on the upswing as a franchise but I still don't I don't think any particular defense is equipped to stop a healthy Roethlisberger and a Martavis-Brian-Antonio-Brown combo so I think I, I think I have to like them quite a bit this week uh have, have you formed any opinion on Taven Austin in recent weeks because I... I, <laughs> I am baffled by this guy I, I had relatively high expectations for him coming into the league and then of course like I, I, I lost I all hope but six touchdown catches already on twenty four receptions. Obviously, he can make plays as a runner and returner too. Uh, I'm not gonna pick him. I, don't, I still don't have the guts to do it. But I can't. I can't lie. It's like it's it's pretty intriguing. It's it's tempting. Um, also in this price range, if if DeSean Jackson surprisingly sits, he seems to think he's gonna play. Uh, but if he sits, then uh, DFS trader Pierre Garcon might be worth a look at five thousand um in a game where washington should just get buried playing at new england so i don't know maybe maybe some garbage numbers for him um otherwise uh what what is this this is an injury we should mention stefan diggs is listed as questionable um looks like he was a limited in thursday practice so he should be fine but uh yeah he's he's been awesome i just don't know what uh like teddy bridgewater has not been awesome and dealing with that St. Louis pass rush might be enough to scare me away from Diggs this week. Although for his role, like they're basically using him as the number one receiver in that offense. Like north Turner is is funneling targets to him, and Diggs is really good. So, uh yeah, if Bridgewater can stay upright long enough. There's no reason to think Diggs can't get open against pretty much any secondary, in my opinion. I, I, I've thought he's been very convincing lately, but uh, yeah, Bridgewater has not been very inspiring in the, the times that I've watched that team.
1: No, it's really been kind of all digs making those plays. Um, you know, we've seen the highlight catches, and it's been a while since, you know, I don't know, it's, we're probably not ready to anoint him as a, a number one receiver, but it's been a while since Minnesota's had anybody, um, you know, short of Percy Harvin, I guess, that's been this kind of playmaker on the edge. But going back to Tavon Austin, I had to pick him up in the Rotowire wire League this week, bunch of guys on bye with those six teams off. So I'm starting him in the flex, and I don't feel terrible about it. I mean, he not only is he being – He's got a, six touchdowns right, and 24 catches. Right, he's, the, he's effective – you know in in stints as a receiver, but they've been using him on the ground too. He has a few he has a few touchdowns on you know those kind of jet sweep type of plays. he He does special teams. so, I mean obviously not a guy that's going to see a ton of targets not a lot to like about Nick Foles throwing him the ball but he's on the field in so many unique situations that I think there's some upside there
2: yeah I think they finally figured out how to use him which it, it definitely merits a uh, close monitoring but I'll probably stay away from for another week but uh really quickly sleeper receiver to target 3200 Stevie Johnson with Keenan Allen out um, I, I feel like he's he's got to have a really good chance at meeting value on that, and all you really need is like three catches for fifty yards and thirty two hundred he won't burn you, but I think he'll have a better game than that, so i'm probably going to build around a lot of Stevie Johnson. Um, Eight thousand for Gronk are you doing it?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna. I guess that's a good segue into the tight end position. I don't. I don't know. It's just so hard. He's 2,500 above anyone else. Greg Olson is the second highest priced tight end, and he's even over a thousand more than the number three, Jason Witten. I mean, when you're looking at it like this, obviously it depends wh- where you're, where else you're gonna spend up. But I mean, is can Gronkowski be worth this on a weekly basis when he's that much more? Than anyone else.
2: I feel like the way his prices work these days, the best way to look at Gronk is as a flex option more than a tight end option. In which case, if we're comparing him to the receivers, eight thousand is two hundred less than Julian Edelman. It's one hundred more than Des. It's uh, one hundred more than or sorry, yeah, it's one hundred less than Antonio Brown. I'm definitely picking Antonio Brown over Gronk this week, but I guess if, if you're just switching up some variation there and you're you're willing to go with like a wide receiver, like two wide receiver three types at the receiver positions and then you know let Gronk function as your wide receiver one basically in the Flex slot that that would be a coherent strategy i think but i don't i haven't had gronk much this year which breaks my heart because i i going into this year i thought i would have him all the time but finally the 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 prices are definitely a, a sensible reflection of how how just unstoppable he is um i guess one of the interesting the more bargain area tight ends has to be ben watson at this point uh he he used to he was like a 4'4 type athlete coming into the league, but then he just didn't do anything for like 12 years. Um, <laughs> he's
1: finally starting to peak.
2: Yeah, it's uh, at like 34 or whatever, <laughs> he's finally just uh, turning into that beast of an athlete that yeah. everyone thought he would have been. I'm a Vernon
1: Davis type.
2: He was actually like that kind of an athlete, yes, I think Vernon adam or <laughs> vernon Vernon Davis ran like a four three seven coming out of Maryland, but uh Watson was like a four four five type or something coming out of Georgia, so I think he can keep going like this like i i I don't it's not that like the receivers are so good that they have a reason to give the ball to someone else or something, and he's he's they have no big receivers unless you count Marcus Colson, which I don't really really because he's probably slower than Ben Watson so uh I, I like watson quite a bit at four i i'm probably going to go after that uh the, the targets are there um but yeah otherwise like with with my guy barnage already playing this week uh and with vernon davis traded he's not actually eligible for points on DraftKings. um yeah there, it it's, looks like there's going to be it's, it's kind of between like gronk olsen and yeah i guess i guess it's between like those two and ben watson for me uh d- do you have any hope for julius thomas this week by chance
1: I don't know. They, I feel like the Jaguars really haven't had a chance to fully integrate him the way that they would like. He did have a big week a couple of weeks ago, but then you know followed it up with a, a pretty quiet performance. Obviously, he was hurt to start the year, but there's as effective as this Jags pass game has been. They almost like it's a weird problem to have. Like they're a bad team, but they have really nice weapons in the passing game. So I mean, you got Hearn's, you have Robinson. Um, you know, Yeldon catches out of the backfield. Like, I, I just feel like Ju- Julius Thomas really isn't as high on the on the target food chain as he probably should be.
2: At least for like GPP consideration, I think I like him. Um, just if we believe like. Uh Antonio Cromartie and Darrell Reevas, if they can slow down Robinson and Hearns maybe that means like by default they have to check down to Julius Thomas or something or maybe like if Julius Thomas is running routes against a safety you have to like his chances of getting open better right. than anybody in particular going against Reevas or Cromartie um so yeah I guess I mean that's cheap enough for me to consider it but probably not a whole lot I'd probably just I, I feel like Watson's quietly got a very high floor for that price because they're giving like double digit targets over there uh he's got in the last three weeks he's gone nine catches four catches ten catches uh for 147 59 and 127 yards uh three touchdowns in his last four games i think that's that's a pretty good building block type thing there and uh do we know is um what's his name leonard hankerson back this week
1: no i think he actually was just recently uh i don't know if he's officially ruled out but he didn't practice friday and it's oh yeah he was he
2: was just ruled out and then uh jacob tammy has generally actually been the second receiver in that offense whenever Hankerson has been out. So he caught 10 passes for 103 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, his price is minimum salary at 3000 I think you have to like Jacob Tamme a little bit again uh, going against a San Francisco defense that uh, has had a lot of trouble stopping the pass.
1: Do you want to talk defense at all?
2: Yeah, let's do defense real quick to uh, round out this uh, rapid-fire uh DraftKings podcast today.
1: <laughs> so yeah, defense obviously not as much pricing variation here as with the other positions. The floor is the forty ers Uh they're home to Atlanta this week. They're at twenty one hundred. The ceiling, Saint Louis. Denver has Indianapolis on the road. We'll start with them. They're they're the best uh the best fantasy defense that we've seen this season. Is why why do you think they are five hundred dollars less than a team like St. Louis?
2: Well, um they maybe the models are drawing on 2015 or sorry 2014 2013 andrew luck data instead of uh, what he's been this year right. i like denver at 3000 i don't think i don't think that the colts can do really much right right now um but yeah the rams at 3500 is tempting to pay up for though just because again i don't think bridgewater has looked very good this year and that that pass rush is just terrifying um Actually, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to go for New England. I think primarily, uh, when they're at home, they're 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 pretty intimidating. I think they're going to immediately run up the score, and I guess I guess Kirk Cousins in garbage time could just accumulate numbers rather than you know turn the ball over. But I think he's more likely to turn the ball over. So I kind of I, I like New England at 3,300, but uh, I'll probably split my action between them. The jets at 3100 and the broncos at 3000 i don't think i don't think it's obvious enough of an advantage to take the rams to justify the extra few hundred to buy them um but yeah i to be honest like i i feel like every time i'm totally sure on a defense that, that i'm just like totally wrong so I've, I've begun to hedge a little bit by kind of going with two or three um but yeah i think i think my three primary targets will be the patriots Um uh, the Jets and the Broncos there like the Jets have had a garbage game last week but at least they're home and Bortles is still kind of a turnover machine even though he's made a lot of progress this year
1: right I mean that Jaguars offense has looked so much better but at the same time if you're looking for those those takeaway bonuses I think that's probably the the offense to target
2: something to consider the Eagles are 2700 they're going against the Cowboys who are just you know, garbage on offense, at least as long as Romo's out. And the Eagles, dis- despite their many well known problems, have actually had a very opportunistic defense. They've already intercepted 11 passes this year. Uh, they got 15 sacks, two touchdowns. If they're the best team to create interceptions and they're going against Matt Castle, I think you have to like that one a little bit. Uh, I-, I like McFadden still in this game, but I don't think he alone can, you know, make, make a point total that hurts you too much with the Eagles. So, I'll have to reconsider that a little bit, but if if there is a fourth target for me out of the three that I initially mentioned, it'll probably have to be the Eagles because, uh, yeah, the Cowboys' passing game is just garbage right now, it, and and Des is amazing, but he can't make Castle, you know, something other than what he is.
1: All right, let's get this wrapped up. I know you got to take a call for a radio show. got some NBA things to take care of this afternoon. But a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings, before we head out. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. In Week 9, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. This time, $1.2 million goes to first place. You can go to DraftKings.com now. You can enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. That will allow you to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time.
0: They're gonna kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course, it's dangerous. Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain,
2: for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.